Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hey guys, Adam Ray here for the About Last Night podcast. Oh baby, bonus episode time. First of all, thanks for listening. Thanks for subscribing. If you haven't, subscribe on YouTube to the About Last Night podcast YouTube channel. Uh, of course, subscribe on iTunes and Spotify. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at ALN Podcast for all the clips and upcoming episodes. So many bangers coming your way. I'm on tour July 7th through the 10th, Las Vegas at the Tropicana, the Laugh Factory at the Tropicana, July 7th through the 10th. July 20th, 21st, and 22nd, I'll be in Portland, Seattle, and Vancouver with Sal Volcano. Tickets at uh, salvolcanocomedy.com. And then July 29th, 30th, and 31st in La Jolla, San Diego at the Comedy Store, July 29th through the 31st. Tickets at adamraycomedy.com. That's where you can get your merch. That's where you can get my special uh, that just dropped live from Madison, live from San Francisco, both on my YouTube channel. And June 26th, oh boy, the Climate Pledge Arena, Champions of Change Celebrity Basketball Game. Me, Cliff Averill, Michael Bennett, Doug Baldwin, Richard Sherman, Sue Bird, Marshawn Lynch, Gary Payton, Sean Kemp, Jamal Crawford, Nate Robinson, and fucking me in a celeb basketball game put on by Cliff Averill, Doug Baldwin, and Michael Bennett of the Seattle Seahawks for the Champions of Change Foundation. Tickets at Ticketmaster.com or championsofchange.org, June 26th in Seattle. That's why we have today's episode. Cliff Averill, Seahawks legend, Seattle hero, is on the show. Enjoy it, love it, and come out to see us June 26th at Climate Pledge Arena to see me break all my bones. Here we go. Hey, it's Herbert. Mm-hmm. And you're listening to the About Last Night podcast, you slippery little son of a bitch. Guys, welcome back. Cliff, how are you, first of all, man? I am doing well. I'm doing well, man. Thanks for having me. Dude, thanks for doing this, man. Um, I'm uh, I'm a little starstruck, not uh, not because, um, you know, I've spent a lot of emotional, uh, you know, uh, wear and tear uh, <laughs> supporting you for our Hawks uh, over, the, uh, over the years, but because I just saw you post some IG videos uh, of you hooping, and... Um, Let's just get it out of the way, man. I'm scared. Uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm playing in this game on Sunday, the Champions of Change uh, celeb game um, that uh, you have so generously uh, organized uh, through your organization, Champions of Change. Um, and uh, the lineup, let's just first of all go through it. I mean, in, a, in addition to having Joel McHale and Kevin Calabro commentating this bad boy, yes. uh, our coaches are uh, Beast Mode, Marshawn Lynch, Sue Bird, uh, the go to the WNBA, uh, GP and the Rain Man, Sean Kemp and Gary Payton, uh, two um, legends and a Hall of Famer and future Hall of Famer if they get their shit together. Um, and then the players <laughs> consist of Doug Baldwin, Jermaine Curse, Michael Bennett, uh, Richard Sherman, who I've been talking some shit to on Twitter. He liked a couple of the tweets. I don't know if that means that he's just like – Kind of laughing me he's off. Or if I, what's he's that now? He's trying to lock you down. He's trying to lock you down. That's what that is. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Jamal Crawford, Isaiah Thomas, Rashard Lewis, Nate Robinson, 
and uh, and Adam Ray. And my mom literally texted the other day to me. She goes, have they added any other non-athletes? And I was like, fuck you, mom. You know I played high school ball in intramurals at SC. <laughs> so thanks for letting me participate. It's a real honor. And, uh, dude, it's a double honor to actually talk to you, man, because, you know, as a comic uh, and a- an actor just getting into the business, all you want if you're a sports fan as a comedian is to uh, – is to meet and hopefully become homies with your idols. And so the fact that you even responded to my IG message and sent a voice note back, and I made you laugh by referencing that I was quick fat and that the game needed quick fat, uh, really uh, just boosted the ego, dude. So thank you. And you're a, you're a no, goddamn man. legend. Thank you. Thank you for reaching out uh, and, and, and wanting to be a part of it, too. I, you know, I don't, I don't take any, anybody that's involved, I don't take them lightly. You know what I mean? So uh, we, we appreciate you wanting to be a part of it. And it's going to be fun. It's going to be fun. Now, is that does that mean that I can already count on your vote for MVP? Is that? No, 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 no. I'm telling <laughs> you right now. I'm, try, I'm trying to win MVP. <laughs> Dude, I had no idea that you were a, like, I mean, well, let's just go through it, man. You were, uh, In high school, you were a uh, uh, track and field star in your junior and senior year seasons. Shot put title in 2004 um, in the 2A Region 2. Uh, record career, uh, 15.91 meters. Uh, you're in third place in the shot put in the outdoor state finals, 335 pound max bench press and posted a 4.6, uh, 40 yard <laughs> dash time, which we share that Cliff and I share a lot of similarities, 40 yard dash time, the same body and the same, uh, love for wristbands and bracelets. But dude, yeah. uh, I didn't know you were a four star athlete, but it fucking makes sense. Yeah, no, man. Uh, but I was a late bloomer though. I was, I was basically a hooper my entire life. Um, you know, I started, started hooping probably in, in middle school and then, um, the only reason I started playing football was because all my teammates were playing football. I had nobody to play with gotcha. during, uh, during football season. Gotcha. You know what I'm and, and I played and I didn't start playing until 10th grade. So I went in, out 10th grade. I was trash. <laughs> um, didn't, didn't know how to play this sport. Uh, and then 11th grade, I kind of got a little bit longer. Yeah. I was like, Oh, you gotta just knock people down. Like that, that's, and it, it hurts. But once you get over that part, you know, it, it, it's kind of easy. So I balled out for six games, my, my, my junior year. And started getting some scholarship offers. And I actually got offers because I, I got offers based on me just being an athlete. So a lot of schools actually would come watch me play basketball. And was like, okay, we'll recruit him as an athlete and we'll figure it out. Wow. Is that kind of uh, unheard of? Because I feel like usually people recruit guys yeah. based on one sport. But they just thought you could do it all. And they are like, we just, want, we just know that we want you in some capacity. Yeah, because again, I only played six games my junior year. I ended up breaking my leg. Bro, that's but crazy. I, but those, but those six games, I crushed it. And then so, because they only had a small sample size, they would come watch me play basketball that season. Just like, oh, okay, he's 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 a pretty good athlete. He clearly has the football mentality. And um, you know, I just started getting scholarship offers based off of that. Were you a DN in uh, um, college and high, high school. or high school uh, before college? I was a dean in high school, um, you know, my, my my two years there, and then when I got to college, I played linebacker. I was an outside linebacker for of course two and a half were. years. God damn, dude! And then I moved to defensive end uh, my my senior year, and been a defensive end ever since. What was it like getting that first sack? Because I played offensive guard and defensive tackle for two years, <laughs> and then I quit football to play Danny Zuko in Greece, as you do. And uh, but I remember. As a freshman, they let us all suit up for a varsity game. Just one game, just to get a taste. It was like we got the Friday night home football game. We got to be there on the sidelines. And then, like, last three plays, we were up by, like, 30. And coach just goes, all the freshman fatties, get in there. And, dude, I just 
trucked in there and was like the adrenaline of being in for a couple snaps. And all I could think about in my head was like, dude, get a sack, get a fumble recovery and run it in. And this place is going to go nuts. And that's that junior girl you got a crush on is going to put out. Everything's going to go down the way that you want it to. None of that happened. I got demolished by the uh, the offensive line that was in. For plays that didn't even matter, Cliff, they still just leveled me. So what was it like getting yeah. that first sack? Were you just like, oh, this is where I'm supposed to be? You know what's crazy? Especially now that I look back at it, I had no clue what the heck I was doing out there. I was just, It was just one of those things, hey, coach was like, look, don't let anybody get outside of you and get the guy with the ball. Like, that's essentially what it was. You know what I'm saying? I had no – because I didn't understand the sport. You know right. what I'm saying? I didn't, I, I didn't really understand football probably my junior year of college you know what i mean like where it started like kind of making sense and start reading plays and different things like that but um I, again i was just a, i was just a guy out there just, and like i said i went back and watched uh, some film of me in high school and i was like oh my gosh i was trash oh really <laughs> but again i'm coming from a di- i'm coming from a different lens yes than you know play at the highest level but i was like geez i was trash you know what i mean but I was just an athlete, and I was I was hitting the guy with the ball. You, know what you, I mean? the you were like the ball. you were like Bobby Boucher out there from Waterboy. They were just like, "Yo, you see that guy no, with the ball? No, Go I, get I, it." I went, I went, I went, I went, I went that bad, <laughs> but 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 maybe a tier above that. Well, I'm just saying, as far as like having so ignorance is, is bliss it was like a kind of an advantage because you just knew it simplified it probably for you, right? Exactly. I didn't make it wasn't too big for me. The game wasn't too big. It was like, all right, set the edge. Don't let anybody get outside of you. And then when the quarterback drops back in the cut, or when he drops back to throw the ball, try to do, demolish him. That was really it. Did you have um, just the fact that, I mean, and I want to go through real quick here just so you can, uh, you know, feel some of this, but, um, you know, Super Bowl champ, Pro Bowler, uh, second time, uh, second team All Big Ten, uh, career stats: two hundred ninety-eight total uh, tackles, seventy-four sacks, thirty-four fumbles, seven recoveries, one interception, two defensive touchdowns. In twenty sixteen, you were named NFC, NFC Defensive Player of the Month for October, named to uh, your first Pro Bowl that year, ranked fifty-six by his peers on the NFL Top One Hundred in twenty seventeen. Which I feel like is to make that list, especially by the peers, is pretty fucking incredible. Um, That's not important. I want to go through a few more things, but like. Talk about that for a minute. Just getting to a point to where you've been grinding uh, in the league and you get on a, a squad where it feels like it's a good fit and the success is kind of mirroring the work you've put in. Is, is there is there a difference between, obviously, and I think there is, winning a Super Bowl versus getting named to, like, the the top list of, of, of a year by oh. your peers? I think because the, the, the league is, is based on popularity a lot of times, yeah. right? You know, you're going to know your quarterback. You're going to know maybe that one defensive player. Uh, if he's a first-round draft pick and he's somewhat decent, you're going to know about him for the rest of his career, right? So there's a lot of politics that play into that. And right. I, I realized that my fourth season in the league where it was like, you know, you, you play for the Lions, so we're not on TV that much, you know. Uh, so, but when, the first time I realized, okay, I, I, I might be decent at this game, was I was on the sidelines, we're playing uh, the Chicago Bears, and I'm a big uh, um, fan of Peppers, uh, Julius Peppers. Oh, yeah. Uh, obviously being a defensive end or whatever, right? And, and he runs to the sideline, and he's like, Cliff, keep doing your thing, man. I'm like, Ju- Ju- he, kn- he knows my name. Like, what's going, Holy what's shit. going on? Yeah, I dude. mean, this is a Hall of Famer, right? He's, he's the, the GOAT uh, at, at that position. But, man, keep doing your thing. And then he comes and talks to me after the game. And uh, he's like, man, I've been keeping an eye on you since you since you got into the league or whatever. And I'm like, okay. So it's really about my peers because these guys know the game, yes. right? These guys understand that grind. Yes. So uh, it, you know, so I stopped paying attention to what the media was saying about me or not making to Pro Bowls and different things like that. 
when, you know, the Julius Peppers comes up and talks to you, the, the Jared Allens come talk to you after games and they know your name on a first name basis. It's like, okay, these guys see me, these guys, because I know, I clearly know who they are, yep. but the fact that they know who I am, it, that's the that's the real respect for me. Yeah, it does. It's I think it's uh, similar to, to comedy in that regard where it's like, you know, yeah, accolades and that type of stuff and those lists are, you know, Variety's top 10 comics to watch. Those types of things do boost the ego, but it is more of the respect of your peers. Like, you know, if, you know, if I'm bringing up Chappelle popping on a whatever and he says good set or whatever, that means way more to me than getting on that list. Ten times more. Yeah. <laughs> Ten times more because – because they understand the craft, yes. right? Not saying like fans understand the game from a, a from a fan's perspective, but someone that's in the like that's in it, but is a goat, that's a legend. You know, the first time Tom Brady calls, "Hey Cliff, hey man, uh, hey, you getting too close or something like that?" Like <laughs> yeah. that's Tom Brady. Yeah, <laughs> dude. So, so like those moments are way better than you know making it to the Pro Bowl yeah. or or any of those accolades that come from people that aren't necessarily in that grind or in that in that profession when tom says something like that mid-game like i guess as a fan we're always also curious like people assume you know in comedy and acting that everybody knows each other once you get into a certain like level of of the game mm -hmm. and so people i think when they see you guys chat mid-game or even post-game that you all know each other but it's like you might have some ties you know because of ha maybe having a, a similar um uh agent or maybe going to camps as a kid together but more often than not you're meeting what brady for the first time on the field during a game yeah, I mean, we don't know each other. Like, we don't. We're not part of the same crowd unless yeah. we're teammates. Right. Usually, you don't. You don't. You don't know. And it's fifty-three guys on every team, right? right? So you're not gonna know everybody. But when anybody calls you out, because at the end of the game, trust me, Brady's not talking to everybody. Yeah, right. Right. Like he doesn't know the third string defensive end. Right. right. So, uh, so when when someone like that comes up and, and hollers at you and tells you know, hey, stay at it. You know, we we I, I see you. Like you're becoming fierce out here. Whatever whatever it may be. Like that is way cooler than any accolades you can get because these guys have seen the greatest of the greatest, right? They see they they're at the top of the game. So um, you know, it's it's way cooler to get get praise from your peers than than anybody else. Have you uh when you get compliments like that, is that like do you fucking do you drive home, you you start blasting some Phil Collins fucking duh, 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 and you fucking just <laughs> you just like pull right up to like Dick's drive through and just go, Man, just give me everything. It's all right, I'll pay for like how what does it do to the ego and do you like, do you take that and does it like, or do you go straight to the gym? Like those on-field compliments from people that you look up to, I feel like has to motivate you in a way that, uh, that you almost didn't anticipate because there's no way to prep for that type of stuff. You just, once you get into the league yeah. and I'm sure you're a part of it, it's like Brady saying that to you, it's gotta, you don't just go, ah, oh, thanks Tom. And then move on with your day. Right. No, no, it's more, for me, it's just reassuring that yeah. I, I, I belong. Gotcha. You know what I'm saying? Yep. Uh, I belong here. I can play in this league, whatever I'm doing. Is working, but like now it's time to put, you know, put, put it into overdrive, yeah. right? And, and keep grinding and take it to another level. But that, that's more so what it was for me is just like, okay, Tom, Tom sees me. All right, cool. Uh, like now let's go back in this gym. Let's get active. Let's, let's keep working on our craft. So, so he can, so it, it can be a longer conversation next time or something. I don't know, but yeah. you know what I mean? Like even Drew Brees and some of those guys, like when those guys are, are, are hollering at you after games, like, Hey man, you didn't have to hit me that hard or, or whatever. Right. Like, that's what it's all about, man. I was going to say, do you, is it also like, you know, the way Bird and Magic had a nice rapport, but then they always said when they were on the court, they were just going at it. So it's like, if Brady oh, says yeah. that to you, it doesn't make you want to go, huh, the guy wants to be my bud. I don't want to, like, you know, knock nah, him out next day. No. no. Yeah. <laughs> heck no, I'm still trying to demolish that guy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm trying to get after him. I, I want him to feel me. Always. But 
I think I think I think where people sometimes get the game of football confused, especially younger players and like fans, like everybody, like no one's out there to actually hurt anybody. Right. Like we understand this is our livelihood, right? But in the same breath, I want you to feel me. Every time I'm coming around that edge, I want you to understand Cliff Avery's on your behind, right? I want you to understand that 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 I want you to feel my presence. Right. You know what I mean? I want you to be a little sore the next day. Yeah. But I'm definitely not trying to eat your career. Right. You know what I mean? I'm not trying to tear your ACL. Like that might be the guys in the eighties. They were definitely trying to do that. They were, right? But, yeah, yeah. I think I think I think so. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I dude. definitely think so. Yeah, man. Like, you know what I mean, but but for us, it's like I want you to feel my presence. I want you to understand that that I will smack the mess out of you, but I also want you to get up the next place so I can do it again. Right. I'm not trying to get you out of there and end your career or nothing like that. So growing up in Jacksonville, was being a pro athlete even on the radar? Like, what were you when you were farting around playground, what the street, uh, you know, neighborhood, whatever? What was like young Cliff Averill aspiring to do? NBA. That was my thing. I wanted to be in NBA because I. So my 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 junior or not my junior year, my eighth grade year, I was like five six. Going into my freshman year, I was six foot. <laughs> Going into my sophomore year, I was six three. So in my head, I'm like, shoot, I'm gonna keep growing. Yeah, I'm like I'm, I'm I'm stretching out. I'm stretching out. My mom's five two. <laughs> I never I never considered that part. <laughs> yeah. My mom's five two. Yeah, and my yeah. dad's six she one. She pulled you down you know a little bit. So, uh, so so. When I stopped growing, I've been six three since since my sophomore year, right? But for me, like I thought I was gonna be in the NBA, like that was my ultimate thing. I actually almost quit football after my tenth grade season. Like I'm just gonna focus on this basketball thing. Um, but one coach told me he was like, "Man, don't put all your eggs in one basket." He's like, "Man, just keep coming out here, keep playing," you know. And I didn't realize how all the sports translated to the next. Yeah. You know what I mean, football made me tougher on the basketball court. Basketball made me quicker and more agile on the, on the football field. Wow. My entire 10 years that I played in the league during the offseason, all I did was hoop. That's all I, I hoop. And then towards, you know, once you get closer to the season, of course, you start implementing the weights and different yeah. things like that. But that's all I did was hoop because it helped me with just quickness and agility and, and all those different things. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Uh, that's crazy. So did you have, <clears throat> okay, so, so, was there were there people around you that were um, like you mentioned a coach that told you to to stick with it? I feel like everyone, especially once you start to kind of develop uh, skills that people you know start recognizing are maybe worthy of of the pros. Did you have um, any mentors in your life? Were were folks that way siblings or, or relatives that kind of maybe had some athletic experience that could kind of like give you a little no. You had to create this shit yeah. on your own, huh? I was the I was the only athlete in my family. Um, like I said, my mom was five two. Yeah. I think I seen my dad run maybe once or twice. <laughs> and you know what I'm saying? Like it, it, it That's it twice more than I've like seen that. my dad run. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So but but I would say like, you know, all, all my, my homeboys and everything, like we all we just hoop just a hoop. Like we played ball, we you know, we do all different sports or whatever. Uh, just to do it, it kept us out of trouble more so than anything. Right. But the aspiration to be in the league of any sort, like no one from my my, I'm the first person from my high school to go play in the league. No you know shit. And then we had two other guys behind me. Yeah. So 
it wasn't something that I seen per se, like seeing other guys doing. It was just more of, it just happened. Honestly, my, my ultimate goal was like when I, when I started playing ball and um, I realized like, Oh, you know, like school started writing me and stuff. I'm like, Oh, I can actually, I can keep playing ball after high school. You know? Okay. And when I got to high when I got to college, it was like, Oh, I can actually make it to the league. Like I wasn't thinking about the league. It was just more of a, I just wanted to be the best on my team. That was the ultimate goal. Every step of the way. I just wanted to be the best on my team. And if I was the best on my team in, uh, in, in Jacksonville, I realized like I'm probably one of the best in the state. You know what I mean? Cause it's Florida. Like it's, 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 it's football, everything, right? Got to college, same thing. I just want to be the best defensive end on my team. If I'm the best defensive end on my team, I'm probably one of the best in the big 10. That, that it just limited, it, it made it a smaller pool in my eyes. Dude, I love that. And then it just kept, it just kept rolling from there. That's a, actually a, a, an incredible mindset to have. Cause I think, you know, you can get so caught up in like having those lar- like big picture, which is fair and everyone yeah. should dream big like that. But it's like I don't, you made shit attainable and and you know controlled it more and made it more contained yeah. and just like if I hit exactly. this then that's gonna happen if I hit this uh, uh, base then that's gonna happen. You said Florida was big. Now, oh, go I, ahead. I, I, now I'll say I didn't know the grand scale of it, but that was just my goal was to be the best in that moment, wow. right? Best on the team. In the, but like I didn't know like I wanted to be the best in the Big Ten. But then when I look back, I was like, if I'm the best in the Big Ten, I'm one of the best in the country. Yeah. The Big Ten is not a small. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it just kept rolling from that perspective. And even in the league, like, I just wanted to be the best on my team. If I'm the best on my team, then I'm top 32 in the NFL. Like, yeah. that's cream of the crop. Yeah, you know what man. I mean? You said Florida was big for football. I know, uh, it, was it similar to, like, Texas? Like that Friday Night oh, Lights yes. type shit? Yeah. Oh, yes. yeah. Oh, I mean, Florida, Texas, and Cali are probably, and some people would argue with some of these other states, not fooling with Not any of those three states, yeah, right? Yeah. Florida and Texas are probably the best. Georgia's up there too. But Florida and Texas, Friday night lights, it's unreal. Like, wow. I mean, now Texas is to the extreme. It's on steroids. Like yeah. they're having <laughs> 20,000 people show up. Yeah. But we'll still have five to 10,000 people show up to a game easily, especially at our heyday. Oh, it was it was nuts. Was it a blast? Do you like, do you reflect on those days with like a lot of fondness as far as like just enjoying, like high school sports, you know, it's like, my basketball squad, we were one game away from the playoffs, which would have been the first time our high school would have gone to the basketball playoffs in 20 years. And I still think about that. Yeah. Not every – do I think about missing a shot that would have put us there a lot? Yeah, sometimes, Cliff. But, like, not uh, – <laughs> but but just those times are so, like, unique. And and uh, I'm sure the guys that you uh, came up with at that time, you know, that's like a bond you just can't replace, right? For sure. I, th- I think high school football is the most – freest form of football that I've played. In. Right. Less pressure, no pressure. I was just out there having fun. I didn't know I was good at it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Just trying to figure things out. And then we get to college, like what people don't realize what college scholarships is, you sign your scholarship every year. It's not a four-year scholarship, right? You sign it in the spring of every year. So like you have the pressure of making sure that hopefully these people want me around the next year. You oh, know yeah. what I mean? And then the league is a whole different ball game after that, you know, the business part of it and everything else. So, like, high school football was the freest form of football that I played in and probably the most fun um, because I, I just didn't know any better. Right. So, going in with this kind of, like, you know, just wanting to hit these benchmarks, be as good as you can, when when being um, up for the draft becomes, like, a reality, is that nerve-wracking? Is it, is it people, a bunch of people that start telling you, like, yo, dude, there's – these teams are looking at you. Does it excite you? Does it scare you? Like, just take me through that uh, that process a little all bit. All those emotions. Yeah. All those emotions. I, w- I would say 
So my, I told you I played linebacker my first two and a half years. Yeah. And then my junior year, I was playing both. And then they, like, midway through my junior year, they're like, you know what? We're going to move you to defensive end full time. And I'm, I fought it because I was just becoming real good at linebacker and all this other stuff. And um, the guy that was across from me, his name was Anthony Spencer. And they brought me down because he was dominating that year. And he ended up actually getting drafted in the first round. But if you compared our stats, our stats were very similar. He had way more sacks than me, but tackles and everything else, our stats were very similar. Yeah. That's when I knew, okay, this NFL thing might be real because he just got drafted in the first round and I could have left probably after my junior year. So I was like, okay, I'll stay one more year, get better at this defensive end position and maybe I can play in the league. That like, that was the turning point for me is when I seen that, Oh, this guy crushed it yeah. in the league right now. And I played very similar to him. So there has to be something there. You know what I mean? And that's when I started, okay, well, I can actually play. I can keep playing this thing again. Yeah. I can keep playing still. Yeah. You know what I mean? yeah, like yeah, that's, yeah. that's when it, it, it turned on for me. Uh, is there, um, uh, an attachment to Jacksonville? Like, was that, you know, just being hometown, was that like kind of at the forefront of like, I hope it works out that way or no, nah. just open book, whatever happens, nah, I, happens. I was, it was a roll of dice. The only thing is with the draft though, uh, it's the first time in your life where you don't get to pick where you go. You know what I'm saying? Like, cause you got to pick, go to college, you, obviously high school and all those different things. First time you don't get to pick. So like, that was the scary part. I was like, man, I wonder where the heck I'm going to go. Uh, I, well, I hope I get drafted. I hope I can, can, can continue to keep playing all those different things. But draft day was, uh, was miserable. I must say it was miserable because I've heard that from a handful of dudes. Yeah. Oh, it's ter- unless you're the top 10 pick. If you're, if you know you're a top 10 pick, yeah, those guys have <clears> good Duke. Besides that, yeah, it's 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 like what what the heck? Like, I hope I get picked up to keep playing. You Yo, know what I mean, like, Christian Kirk told me that like he had three different parties. I think like for people to come over, and no, they I just kept skipping out. And he was finally just like, "Yo, I just need to lock myself in the garage with a fucking mini TV and just like hope that it works yeah. out, and then I'll report back." Because it was uh, yeah, no, no, don't do that. Yeah. Don't do that to yourself. Uh, if any draft guy, unless you know you're a top ten pick. Don't throw yourself a party because yeah. ain't no telling when you're going to. You see how some of these guys go to the to New York and they end up staying in the green room all day on day. And Oof. maybe sometimes it's like talking about a shock to your ego. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dude. Set yeah, yourself up. No, you know what I mean? Oh, you're setting yourself up for failure. Forget that. Just spend some time with your family and friends. Yeah. So where were you? The phone call. So that's so. The year I got drafted was the first year they tra- they changed. It used to be the first three rounds would be on the first day. They changed it to the first two rounds, and then the second day was the rest of them. Well, I thought I was gonna go in the second round. So uh, the first the first day goes by, I don't get drafted. It's the first time I ever like yelled at my mom. She's like, "It's gonna be all right, baby." I just spaz out on like, "You don't know what you're talking about." Yeah, like <laughs> she looked at me like, "Hey, don't hey, don't yeah. get it twisted." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> my bad, mom. My bad. Yeah, yeah. My bad, my I brought bad. you into this world. I can take you out. Yeah, oh, the, don't, don't moms want to know, you know, even uh, in that moment, and that's and good on your mom to, for at least like trying to like comfort you because like that's all she knows to do. But it's like I've been in that same spot where it's like if I don't get some job or or whatnot, and I'm like, she's like, well, just you know, it wasn't meant to be. I'm like, you don't know, it should have been. You don't know, mom. You don't you don't live in Hollywood, you know. So yeah, dude, I get it. <laughs> exactly. So then the next day, uh, I'm watching the draft and I'm watching all these guys kind of go before me. I'm like. Who are these guys? So getting angry, right? Same thing about me. Yeah, so I'm getting mad. So honestly, I fell asleep. Like I fell asleep during the draft because I'm like, man, this is too much. But I'm with my uncle and my mom and a few other folks. I'm watching it at my uncle's house or whatever. And I put my phone on the mantle. I'm like, okay, well, 
if I fall asleep, somebody else will see the phone right. ring and you know, they'll wake me up or whatever. And then, so, hey, they tap me like, hey, your phone's ringing. And I see the 313 area code. And the only reason I knew what 313 was was because 8 Mile had just came out. And with Eminem and all those guys, you know, they're three, one, three, was, uh, you know, they're 10. Yeah. So I'm like, wait up, that's Detroit. I don't know anybody in Detroit. So let me pick this up. You know what I mean? And then, you know, they're telling me the whole spew. Hey, you know, we're going to pick you up in this next, uh, this next pick. How does, you know, how does it feel to be, do you want to be aligned and all this other, you know, all this other yeah. stuff that they're telling you. But in the midst of them telling me this, they, they, they say it on ESPN and the whole house goes crazy. You know While what I mean? you're on the phone? Uh, while I'm on the phone, with oh, them. Yeah, shit, I, didn't, I didn't even get to see it on TV. I didn't even get to see it. Like, wow. I'm on the phone, I'm like, right, yeah. I don't make it too much noise. Like, yeah. I need to be quiet. Like, what's going on? What did the pizza get here? Why are you guys <laughs> freaking <laughs> out? <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. So they go crazy. And and that was a, like a, a, a sigh of relief for me because it was like, huh, okay, I get to keep playing at least one more year, right? I got to wow. figure this thing out. And uh, it's the Lions, though. And they had just had a terrible season. And I'll never forget this. My uncle looks at me and he's like, hey, <laughs> Go change that team. Go go turn uh, go turn that team around. And then, like four years later, I become the franchise player, uh, which was kind of crazy to kind of yeah, think about it or whatever. But he was like, "Just go change. Don't don't worry about that. Don't be the reason why. And go turn things around over there." And then, like I said, four years later, I became the franchise player for him. Holy shit, dude! So that really that yeah. stuck with you, yeah? Your was your uncle a? Uh, oh, yeah. He's a guy that you. Um, oh, for sure. Says for stuff sure. like that. Yeah. It matters. He's, he's yeah, a big part of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, no, it definitely matters. I mean. You Wait, know, so it was it was great though. So that's got to, I mean, like, and that's one thing that people I think don't, uh, you know, fans, especially with athletes, I think we just like assume, like, okay, cool, man, like you got, like, you know, oh, sorry, you went, you're going to a team that's having a losing season, you're getting to play professional football, you're getting paid to play the game, but like, hey, man, you're still a human being, like, knowing those facts and getting drafted there, was there a little bit of like, before your uncle maybe dropped that those words of wisdom on you of like, you know the emotional roller coaster of like fuck yeah i get to play and then like oh man detroit like do they even have mcdonald's there no. you know what i'm saying <laughs> no i was of the mindset like man let's go i'm going to the nfl yeah, yeah. but yeah of like course. i mean i'm from i'm from jacksonville i'm from the west side of jacksonville like i don't know anybody that was in the nfl at that time you know what i mean so uh no it was it was definitely a blessing like i'm like man I'm, i get to keep playing ball yeah. and they're gonna pay me like yeah. come on I just, I just did it for four years for yeah, free, basically. yeah. like no, no. So I, it, it was definitely of the mindset of like, man, I'm I'm blessed to be in this situation. Keep playing ball. You're such a personable and I feel like a real savvy business guy, mm-hmm. too. When you got to Detroit, did you and I mean, like you said, being an impact player, uh, you know, in those in those four years, like when you got there, did you kind of make it a point mm-hmm. to, I don't know, like be, you know, be uh, be a presence right away? Or did you kind of have to? you know, read the room and kind of feel it out and be like, who are the vets? Like, let me get on their good side before I kind of establish myself as, as Clavable. That's exactly what it was. I, I fell back, man. I, w- I was trying to stay out of it. I did it in college too. Cause you know, they got the rookie hazing and all that stuff. Oh, yeah. I just want to be, I, I just want to be uh, a fly on the wall. I'm just in the corner. I'm not saying much. I stay to myself. Um, I mean, that's just naturally who I am, uh, especially when I walk into a new space. Right. So it's the same thing when I got to Detroit, but I also understood that your play will dictate how everybody treats you. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Like, if you go out there and ball out, people are gonna leave you. They're gonna leave you alone. They're gonna bring you into their circle. But I, I'm always, I'm always seeing what's kind of going on. So I would, I would mimic the vets because at the end of the day, like, I wanted to be that ten year vet, right? Yeah. So I wanted to see how he was taking care of his body, what time he was coming into work, uh, how much film was he watching? You know, I, I would get, I would call him up. Hey, man, um, what you guys do on Tuesdays? 
oh yeah, I'm watching film at this time, eight o'clock in the morning on your day off, you coming in at eight o'clock? Like, why would you, you know what, if that's what it takes, I'll, I'll see you there. You know what wow. I mean? So like, that was more so my mindset was just pay attention to what the vets are doing because someday that's what you want to be and, and, and just listen to everything, but stay out of the way. <laughs> you know what I mean? Stay out of the way, yeah. make the plays you need to make and they'll gradually bring you into the circle. Was there a play or a, um, I don't know, a series or, a, well, first of all, just give me, I don't want to skip over that run out in the tunnel for the first game. Uh, I mean, I'm unreal. sure you still get chills yeah. thinking about it. Oh, I mean, I get year 10 running out of the tunnel. I got chills. That's you amazing. Know what I'm saying? So, but the first year, uh, the first time running out of the tunnel, but the first time being a starter running out of the tunnel, there it is. announce your name. There's no better feeling than that. You know what I mean? Like the first time you're like, whoa, <laughs> I finally made it. Yeah, like, I'm, dude. I'm starting in the NFL. Holy you know what I mean? Shit. Uh, but I, I would give you even one, one even better preseason we play our first preseason game at home and i seen my jersey with my last name on it and i was like oh this is real like it's official like you have your own jersey like, yeah, with your name on it with the nfl logo on Holy it you know what I mean? like shit. that was like oh wow like this is this is this is official right now um okay so, well that's yeah that's i mean I, I just had goosebumps go through every part of my body uh even the parts you can't see now cliff is there um <laughs> was there a play though or a you know, or, or, or a certain, like, just a moment where, like, you did something and the place went nuts and you were like, holy shit, that's from what I just, like, just, you know, which I'm sure you felt in high school and college, but, like, yeah. I got to believe that, like, on that NFL level, it just, it means more. Uh, my first NFL sack was against Jason Campbell against the Redskins. I, I remember, like, <laughs> yeah, of course, <laughs> like it was yesterday. Uh, I'm playing right defensive end. I, I actually rushed too high up, but he ended up, flushing out and my first sack was a sack fumble um so i get the sack fumble i go crazy uh because honestly when you're in the game you don't necessarily hear the crowd it's like it's like, honestly, it's like a mute button what the fuck yeah, how do you guys like do mute. that you're zoned in it's crazy i can't explain it to be honest with you dude that's like, when i, I play high school ball that's all the insults i could tell you right now that i heard from from opposing stands yelling at me it's like i could not I couldn't hear them. I mean, they were so, you know, so you, that's a, yeah. but that's why you're you and, and we're uh, such a legend because you have that ability to drown that out. But so, so it, what, it's just quiet and you're just locked in. You're just zoned in. You can hear the snap count. You can hear, you can hear the grunt. So you punch somebody like in the, like you can hear it all, man. It's crazy how zoned in you are. Yeah. So I get my sack fumble, kind of go crazy. Um, and then it's like the volume turns up for like maybe five seconds. And then you got to hurry up and turn it off because you get this next play, right? Um, but that was memorable because my the head coach, he was a D-line coach, actually. But the head coach, the on Tuesday, he gave me a framed picture of my first sack. And um, he had me sign one for him. And he gave me one with uh, with the, the, my first sack or whatever. I Bro. still have that picture. And it's still framed up. Let's so go, it was pretty dude. Cool. That's unbelievable. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and the only reason he gave it to me is because he's a D-line coach. If it was a, another coach, he wouldn't care. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, he felt connected to it. Um, all right, so yeah. so you you helped change the culture, right, and just uh, start to feel, what, comfy. What do you say? Like, year two, you start to kind of really, like, settle in to the NFL. We just speak real quickly about, like, the transition because that's one thing I remember hearing when Marshawn came back for the last few games, uh, you know, a few years ago um, to the Seahawks. And I remember in, in post-game interviews, uh, A, just getting to hear him talk was a fucking treat uh, for more than a couple yeah, sentences. Yeah. But hearing him talk about uh, 
the, the advice he was trying to give like younger players, I was so pumped on because I'm like, you know, I just, I think in any business, right. It's easy, uh, you know, and just to, again, to relate to comedy for, for older guys to just like, you know, not take a minute to like embark stuff on you and try to be like, yo, this is what I saw. It's not what you have to do, but here's a heads up on some things to look out for is invaluable. And so to hear Marshawn talking oh, about how he was doing that for these young guys, I thought was awesome. Um, like, was there a uh, was there a moment uh, in Detroit where you just felt settled in and you had you had you know uh, absorbed enough info to where you felt like a true pro? Um, I would say uh, a guy by the name of Kyle Vandenbosch. Mm. Uh, he was he was a defensive end. He wore red contacts on game day, like oh, that was his thing. But he was such a great person. And the first day he came in, they signed him. And he took me underneath his wing immediately. Like, hey, we're going to show up. This is what time I watch film. You better be there. This is how I prepare for games. This is how uh, I take care of my body. Like, he would, until this day, like, I, I'll, te- I'll just randomly text him. Be like, man, thank you. You know what I mean? Like, wow. thank you for just taking me underneath your wing. And and he was just naturally just a, a, a great person. But he also understood that he needed somebody else good on the other side of him to be able to have success. Yeah. And and um, so Kyle Vandenbosch, year three, is where the game got so slow. And I, I, and I was like, okay, this is what they're talking about, understanding the game and it's slowing down and being able to make plays and all those different things. So year three is where it's like, oh, okay, I can, I, can, I, can, I can do this. I can play this league. And then year, is it year four or five that you get, uh, you sign with the Seahawks? Year six is when I signed with the Seahawks. So I got franchise. I, I bought out year four. Got franchise tag year five. Amazing. Left after my franchise year. Came to the Seahawks. Was that a tough, uh, tough decision? How did that go down exactly? Very much a tough decision because um, the team, like you, just got franchised by the team and they didn't want you anymore. You know what I mean? It was like, I, and then uncertainty of going to a new team. You're like, okay, oh, wait, I'm going to this new team. There's a bunch of great players already on that team. Where do you fit into this puzzle, right? But the reason I came to the Seahawks was because Sherm, well, the LOB, Richard Sherman, Cam Chancellor, BB, uh, Brandon Browner, yeah. and Earl Thomas. Like, they were the reason because in my head, I was like, I'm going to sign a two-year deal. I have these DBs back here that's going to give me a split second longer to get after quarterbacks. Like, that was my whole thing. Like, wow. I just need the longer, the better, right? So these guys are clearly great at what they do. So if they can give me a split second longer, half a second longer to get to the quarterback, I'm going to be good. And and that was my whole that was my whole thought process behind it all. Holy shit! Okay, so you knew of yeah. so this squad was what it, so it was 2013 was your first year with Seattle, yeah? 2013. Get yeah. the fuck out! We Pretty good year to show up. <laughs> I, we kid, but joke like we joke around about it all the time amongst ourselves. Yeah. Whether we're talking about Richard Sherman, Mike B, but like we say this, and we're like Mike Bennett and myself and Tony McDaniel. We call ourselves the Big Three. Oh yeah. Like y'all were barely making it. Y'all were making it to the playoffs, <laughs> but y'all were not getting to Super Bowls until we got here. Dude, right? yeah. So like, so the, hey, we were the missing pieces. We like to joke around and say that we were missing pieces. Wait, but Tony- it, obviously it took everybody. Tony and Mike also came in in 2013, or they were 2012. All, th- no, all three of us. Holy came in the same year. shit, dude. I mean, exactly. Think about this. It's the first. I, I I say it's the first time. I didn't never. I never looked this up, but I'm almost willing to say it's probably one of the few times in NFL history where your top two, your the top two free agents in free agency go to the same team. Mike Bennett. I was number one. Mike Bennett was number two. 
I, I can almost guarantee you there's never been a time where the top two free agents in free agency go to the same team. Do you know how often I will watch uh, games on YouTube from 2013? Just because, like, just the same <laughs> way I need to rewatch Top Gun already or, you know, when you when you see something a second time, what you get to see, but, like, I was having a uh, conversation with with uh, with a buddy, a Seattle buddy, maybe like four months ago, just about uh, that 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 era of Seahawks football. And so I was like, man, let me just go. Like when you're watching the game live in the moment, there's just so much you're missing. And rewatching like just three series in a row defensively, I mean, it's oh, crazy, unreal. dude. Like, and I can only imagine. Unreal. It's so fun to rewatch because like the energy. I don't know if we'll, if that type of energy in the stadium or with a team we'll ever see again. And that's fine. It's always we, we might get back to a, a really dope squad that'll they'll compare it to uh to the 20 uh to, to you guys' era, but you'll never see it again. Just because of like you said getting yeah. you and Mike going to join that crew, but like every play I felt like you guys were going to swallow the offense. Oh man. It was it and you know what's crazy is none of us really realized how great we were in the moment. Oof. Like all of us were like, we were just honestly just playing for one another. Like that was the, that was the, the, the thing, right? Because if you look at the team, it's so many character uh, characters on our team. You talk about Michael Bennett, you talk about Marshawn. Both Richard sides Sherman, of the ball. Yeah. Thomas. Like, like guys were very vocal and, but the one thing that was consistent was we all respected what everybody brought to the table. And we understood that we needed the next person to have the success that we're having. Yeah. Like that's not a that's not a thing that's that happens in professional sports because it's easy to the ego to take over and be like, no, I did this myself. Like Richard Sherman will come tell me, like, hey bro, I appreciate you. Like I seen you on that play. That's what I got that pick on. You know, or hey, I'll hit him up, like, bro. I just need a split second longer, man. And I, I promise you I'm on his head, right? So like that respect factor is what allowed us to be great for so long. You know what I mean? Yeah. Especially on the defensive side of the ball. Um, so like that, but in the moment. We didn't realize how good we were. It, it's after the fact. Everybody retires like, dang, did you know we were number one for four years? Did you know like such and such? Like, we were the best duos in the NFL for four straight. Like, it, like, it was after the fact where we realized how good we were. Oh, dude, I'll send you some links, man. It'll blow your fucking mind. Just if you wanted just a little refresh on, on that. Uh, yeah. It, yeah, I mean, and, and talk to me real quick about that because, like, coming into Seattle, all I hear from, from players and, uh, and people that get to be just in the building and um, – uh, is like the culture of uh, of the Seahawks organization and, you know, what Pete kind of, um, you know, uh, the bar he kind of sets and just kind of, like you said, people getting to be themselves. I got to assume that there's a little bit of like the LOB seeing you, Tony, and, and Mike coming in. I would assume being like, fuck yeah, we're getting these guys to be better. But is there a little bit of like, you guys are coming into our team, so like, like you said, going to Detroit, you kind of had to read the room and feel people out. Or did you guys all get there, and did you all kind of sit around just looking at each other being like, holy shit, this is going to be fun? No. Uh, <laughs> all right, thanks a lot, Cliff. That's Ed Cliff Aver on Instagram. <laughs> no, that, yeah, we end the show, yeah. <laughs> I just want yeah. <laughs> no, uh, I, I would say, so this is the interesting thing. 2013, um, the first five to six weeks was a struggle for myself and Michael Bennett. Uh, and, and when I say a struggle, it was because as a, as a professional athlete, you know, I had a coach tell me this and I didn't understand it until I got older, but he's like, you know, like as a professional athlete, you know how you get athletes back, you get athletes, you don't take away their money. Like they like, whatever, take away their playing time. Like that's when you'll really see 
Uh, that's how you really get to them, right? So I say that to say 2013, the first four games of the season, I'm coming off of a franchise year. Mike B is coming off of a, a big year. Most people don't remember Mike B and myself. We didn't start that year. So like that was a struggle for us. Chris Clemens and Big Red Bryant were starting. There it is. And that was a struggle for us because, again, ego coming out of the tunnel, all those different things. Like we, we struggled because we were used to being on the field. We were yeah. used to starting. We played a lot, but we were used to starting. So like the first, I remember, I remember sitting at our bench one time, or in our locker one time, and we looked at each other like, "Did we make the right decision coming here?" Like, I'm not sure. I'm not sure if like because we're not, we weren't starters. Yeah. You know what I mean, it was just different, and we wasn't used to the role that we were in at the time. And um, did Pete break that down to you? Why or no? Did you ever? Do you ever? Is that a movie you bang on the door and go, "Yo, can we talk?" Or no? Nah, it was just like for me, because I, I, I never, I never, I, I didn't really, really communicate with coaches like that. So my whole thing was like, all right, let's just keep show, show them why you deserve to start, right. work hard, you know, that whole, that whole nine. But week six is when it clicked for us, where it was like, screw it, man, let's just go play ball. We're here already. Like, let's just go play ball. And that from that, from week six to week fourteen, no, week fourteen, one of us had a sack or a half a sack every single week moving forward from that point on. Oh my God. And we, we weren't even starters. And not looking back at it, it was like the best thing that could have happened to us. We wasn't playing rundowns anymore. We were just straight pass rushers. So our bodies stayed fresh the entire season. Oh yeah. You know what I mean? So like we, so we, but we got to start the Super Bowl because they were a passing team and whatever else. Yeah. So it ended up working out. But like, that was the whole thing was like, man, screw it. Let's just go out here and ball out, man. Like let's show them why we were the top free agents. And we went out there and made things happen, and then, you know, we, we got to the Super Bowl. Yeah, when you guys start getting closer and closer and people start putting more expectations on this squad and the D is becoming, you know, just a legendary um, defense, are you starting to kind of – what's the what's the vibe in the locker room like? Is it like – is everyone – because, I, I, you know, Pete, you hear uh, and, and guys that would, uh, you know, in post games talk about how it was just all business and like, like you're saying right now, but I feel like you can't help but – with that group and just how excited you guys were on the field with like you and Mike Bennett had were just the enthusiasm you guys played with and, and would celebrate would always get everyone so fired up because like, yeah. I, you know, which I don't know how you don't sack someone and not show a little bit of emotion, but like, you know, with Mike, you. when he, yeah. with his, uh, with his belly roll, it was just like, <laughs> <laughs> by the way, do you remember what, what did he, did, is that something that he tells you guys like this? I'm going to practice this or does it happen mid game and you just look over and you see it? No, no, nobody knows how you yeah. can celebrate. Yeah, you yeah. know what I mean? You try to keep it consistent. Yeah. But um, when he did it, the first time he did it, like, we all started laughing. Yeah. Like, it was like, okay. And then, and then the, uh, what is it, Keenan Pill, uh, yeah. they came out with the whole um, two pumps. Yeah. Three pumps to get you a flag, two pumps. So, so then he started doing that. So we all be laughing, like, I bet you won't do it a third time, but you won't do it a third time or whatever. But uh, nobody knows, you know, what celebration you're going to have. But right. it's always, it was, just, it was just a good time, man. Everybody was just having a great time trying to, you know, make a name for themselves, but also playing for one another. Um, and, and, and honestly, like, playing in front of the 12s, though, playing that that freaking stadium. Yeah, talk to me about that. There's nothing. There's nothing like it, man. Those night games, because for for about a good two or three years there, I think we were undefeated at home. You know what I mean? And especially in primetime games. And we probably had, we over a three-year span, we probably had the most primetime games of any team. You know what I'm saying? That gets you and jacked so we up? Were on TV. 
Oh my god! When you guys know that you're on Sunday so, or Monday or, or whatnot, like, what, what, is there a different vibe in the locker room? I mean, I know it's like always business, no. but no. So Coach Carroll, and this is the first time I've ever seen this in my entire years of playing. Coach Carroll ingrained in us that keep things like every every game is championship football. Every game is championship football. So that meant if it was a one o'clock game or a night game, things stay the same. You know what I'm saying? Like had the same mentality, had the same routine. Yeah. So when we got to the championship games, it wasn't a big deal. It it just felt like another game to us because we were playing championship football. And I like I really bought into that. So every game felt like championship football. So it was just a norm to us. So a Monday night game, a Sunday night game, we were just we were just being ourselves. It's just more people watching. Wow. That's incredible because yeah. it is a bigger stage and like I guess you don't want to get if, you don't psych yourself out. Yeah, you don't want to do is. too much. You uh, don't want to psych yourself out. You don't want to do too much. You want to you want to go out there and and try to show out for the moment, and then you end up putting your your, your teammates in jeopardy or, or whatever. So we just kept it the same. Now I know where I was when uh, Sherm uh, picked off uh, Crabtree. I was uh, actually doing stand up in Detroit and was boarding a plane to uh, go back to L.A. And I literally they were whole, it was like the last drive. And literally, it's on yeah. a few TVs right near the gate, and they were calling my name, Adam Ray, quick fat, yeah. please come board the plane. And I'm just like sitting there holding out, holding out. I'm like, I got, I can't not see my team about to, I, you know, I got to see how this plays out. So they're calling me. I even see the woman at the gate being like, I'm going to close the door. And at one point, I even go, close it. I go, I'll get, I'll, I'll stay because I'm not going to not see this go down. And literally, and there was a handful of other Seahawks fans with me watching. And bro, it was like, I definitely dropped to my knees. I definitely hugged people that didn't want to be hugged. Uh, I mean, I threw my back. I mean, it was fucking bonkers, dude. And the so like just knowing that, and I'm seeing like the whole uh, you know um, CenturyLink go go bananas. Do you remember what you were thinking and what you saw in that moment and what you felt? Man, it's crazy because um, I mean, thinking back, like we always said that that game was the Super Bowl for us. Yeah, like because. That was our third time playing them that year. Um, we they knew us, we knew them. True you know, rivalry, divisional opponent. Yeah, yeah it was just a, a huge rivalry, and um, so making that play. And, and so let me rewind a little bit. Yeah, what's interesting with that season in particular was I kid you not, and this is the truth. There's not one game besides those first six weeks uh, that 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 I struggled with, but there was not one game where I actually thought we would lose. Like, I didn't care what the score was. And that went on for, like, three years. Like, I, I never even looked at the score of the score, like, the scoreboard until, like, it was zero. Because I always felt like we were in the game. I didn't care if we were down 14 points, which was a rare. But if, if, if we were down, for, like, I never thought so. Even in that game, there was no doubt in my mind that somebody on this great behind defense is going to make a play. And whether it's going to be me, whether it's going to be Mike Bennett, Sherm, whatever. Like, I had no doubt in my mind that we would win that ball game. So oh, look at that happened, Texans game. Like, I mean, that case in point, that Texans game down in uh, Houston, man. Texans, oh my Unreal gosh, comeback. Man. Unreal. Or you even think about even think about the second Super Bowl beating Aaron Rodgers. Uh, that crazy game. That's right? the craziest like, NFL game of all time, by the way. Like I, I will. I mean, of all time, by far. Yeah, by far. But like, I didn't realize how crazy it was until I went back and looked at it. Because again, in my head, we're winning. Holy like, shit! I remember. I, I remember. I remember walking onto the field with Mike B. All we got to do is stop him three times, give Russ the ball, and we're going to score. And what did he do? He only got two of the, he made two of the doggone plays himself. You know what I'm saying? Two tackle for losses, and then I think 
I might have got a deflection or something. Yeah. Like I, I don't remember exactly what happened, but I remember walking onto the field. He's like, bro, three stops. That's all we need. Three stops. And he went out there and dominated, got two of them. Themselves. Holy shit, dude. Uh, well, you said a so that Super Bowl. Once you guys is is the whole just once we locked it down in Seattle and you guys are now going. Um, which by the way, I went to that Super Bowl with um, two of my best friends from Seattle and uh, who I used to do the podcast with, my buddy Brad Williams, um, who's a giant uh, Broncos fan uh, and a little person. So he's going into uh, the uh, he's going in with three tall people into the Meadowlands as a outsider because he didn't realize that uh, there was a lot of orange. Uh, you know, at the stadium, but like after that first snap, and we we're walking around New York City, by the way, Cliff, and my buddies and I, Adam French and Dale Tan, were like, yo, there's a lot of Hawks jerseys around here. Like, and we didn't realize, and then we get to the game, and it looked like a lot of orange. And bro, and then, by the way, you, kickoff. that kickoff, and by the way, I didn't realize you set the Super Bowl record by scoring uh, the first 12 <laughs> seconds of the game with a safety. Uh, yeah. That, when that happened, seconds, by the way, huh? what's that? <laughs> Was that now? I said 12 seconds. That's crazy, Insane, right? Like dude. 12, 12 seconds. Bro, when that happened, I don't know if you guys felt that, but the eruption, it felt like we were uh, in Seattle, and it was crazy. Oh, yeah. It felt like a home game. Yeah. No doubt about it. Yeah. Man, it was so crazy because you're right. Like, when, when I got there for um, warm-ups, the orange, you know, the orange is a little bit more vibrant. Yeah. I'm like, okay, there's a lot of Bronco fans here. Yeah. But for kickoff, I'm like, oh, there's a lot of green. They're like, the neon started popping started up. Started to pop up, right? More, yeah. Right? And, and then, you know, they botched that, they botched the snap count. And then, you know, I get the tag off and, and get the, the fastest score or whatever from that point. But going into the game, yeah. there wasn't a doubt. Like we felt, we felt so mad and, and disrespected because no one was talking about our defense. Uh -uh. Week. It was only Peyton Manning this like, and Peyton Manning that. Oh, this, 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 this offense is the best thing since whatever. And they're the number one offense. They're putting up all these points. And we're like, and I kid you not, I've told this story before. We watched film the day after the San Francisco game, uh, the, the, the NFC Championship. Yeah. We watched film. And I remember looking in the, uh, in, in the D-line meeting room. We're like, these guys aren't that good. Like up front, you know, we're like, these guys aren't that good up front. Like we're going to get after them. And they like, and they like to pass the ball. Oh my gosh. Um, and then I walk into the locker room. I kid you not. We walk into the locker room. And I'm looking at the different groups uh, and everybody's like, we got this. Like, th these guys are not that good. These guys, but then the media kept hyping them up. We're like, eh, I don't know what y'all guys, what you guys are watching, but if you watch the defense that we've been playing and the offense that they've been, like, we're going to get after these guys. And, and from the very first play, we got after them. Is that fuel to the fire? When you guys get back to the sideline, is there just like an overwhelming feeling of like, oh, it's, it's fucking, it's on. I mean, you can't ask for a better start than that, especially when everyone oh. is is giving the edge to Denver and no one's taught like it's almost it was almost like the perfect play to start the game with like really you think our D ain't oh, shit God. we just scared your QB and center uh into <laughs> even to, to being on the same page because dude the look in Peyton's eyes I don't know if you've seen that in slow-mo it's beautiful oh, yeah, dude yeah. he literally is just like uh -huh. like there's he doesn't know what the <laughs> fuck just happened and all you guys run into the end zone dude I mean it was I'm surprised the rest of the 12s didn't join you guys down there because it was fucking mayhem Oh, it was nuts, man. It was it was such a great time. But yeah, just for us, it was just like this is what we do. Like we we got so many turnovers that year. Like this was just one more turnover that we were causing. You know what I mean? And and Coach Carroll harped on that too. Like 
we got to get turnovers. Got to get turnovers. And we just dominated in that space. That's what I'm going to ask real quick, uh, and then uh, and then we'll get into champions of change in the game. We'll wrap this up. But with with that game and Pete in general, um, you know, I was at SC uh, 01 to 05 while Pete was there, and like so, I I'd been around just a lot of the. Uh, the um, the mindset mentality and hearing guys that I knew that played on the team would share little nuggets here and there. Uh, going into the game, was there anything different than the season? And then double question on that with Pete. Uh, what did um, what did you kind of like? Oh, what was like the big thing you feel like you've taken away from from being coached by him? No, there was I, again. I told you, you yeah. know, uh, championship. We played every every week is championship football. So when we got to the championship, it was just another game to us. Wow. We didn't make it a bigger. We didn't make it any bigger than all the other games prior to that. Now, um, and again, I I really bought into that, and that was the first time I've ever even heard that 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 philosophy. Because typically, as an athlete, Monday night games, Sunday night games, like you're trying to turn it up to a whole nother level, but you end up doing things that you don't normally do. Yeah, you know what I mean. So. Uh, so, so when we got to that game, it was no different, but I, I would say the biggest thing that I took from coach Carroll that I implement even in, in my, in my businesses nowadays is, is making sure that, you know, you're prepared for the opportunity, but don't make things up. Don't do not make things up. Meaning whatever situation you're in, keep it consistent with whatever that philosophy is, right? Don't, because you see something new now, like you start, okay, well, maybe I can make this work. You know, maybe I, I can try. Don't make things up. Keep things, keep the main thing, the main thing, and don't make things up. So um, I would, I would say that's one of the biggest things for me that that I still kind of go by. And then also, again, you know, keeping things the same in the sense of good or bad. Keep moving forward. You know what I mean? Keep moving forward. If it's a good play, all right, cool. Celebrate for a split second and move on to the next. You know what I mean? If it's a bad play. All right, make your mental corrections, move on to the next play. And that's how that's how I try to move through life. Was Pete as an uh, as enthusiastic and like childlike just sense of wonder as he seemed on the sidelines? Like, I mean, he truly seems like a little kid out there just getting to be around his heroes. I joke I joke with him from time to time whenever I see him and say, Hey coach, um, whatever you're on, <laughs> I need some of that when I'm 60. All right. So let me know what that recipe is. I need some of that because it is unreal to see how much energy he used. I used to see this man. He was like 66, 67 at the time, launching the ball 40, 50 yards down the field before practice, like just throwing with the wide receivers and stuff. I'm like, and just had so much energy chopping on that gum. And I'm like, what are you on? I'm hurting right now. Yeah, dude. I'm, 20, I'm 27, 28. You know what I'm saying? Like, what are you like? Like, how are you doing this? But what if he just? I, I have no clue what he's on. What if he just I comes need, out one day that. and he's just like four locos and Kit Kats, baby? And you're like, all right, fucking whatever works for you, dude. <laughs> what, 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 whatever works, coach. I'm, I'm trying it. <laughs> um. All right. So we got this game on Sunday, and I, it's. I'll tell you this much. First of all, Cliff, it is. I haven't been more excited to do anything in my entire life. This is a this. First of all, you're getting the first taste of NBA basketball back in Seattle, which I'm sure is not lost on you. Um, but the, the the lineup, the people that have come out to support you and Seattle is, uh, I think, just a, a clear sign of like what you mean to the city and what you mean to like a lot of people uh, that have um, th- that are in your life. Uh, first of all, tell me how Champions of Change got started, why you started it. So Champions of Change actually is is myself, Doug Baldwin, and Michael Ben. Yeah. We all have our own organizations and we partnered up together to create Champions of Change. And and the the first time we even talked about 
we we knew we wanted to do something big in the city. And Mike Bennett and myself, we were talking through it. Like we did a big Twitter poll, like, hey, he wanted to do flag football. I was like, bro, basketball. Like basketball, because basketball is what's missing. They got the Seahawks. They don't have the they don't have the Super yes. Sonics. So we did a Twitter poll and everybody went crazy over basketball. So that's how we came to that conclusion. Bro, I used to go and to the Gary Payton uh, All-Star Classics in Seattle when I was a kid there. Were they were they having yeah. those when you were there or no? Was this maybe after? Okay. Nah, they didn't have no, but no, any of these types of c- celeb classics, dude, always crush. And now we're talking about when there's no NBA there. So, like, double exciting. Uh, exactly. So, um, you know, and, and we all had, like I said, we all do a lot of different things in the community. So we were like, man, we could make a bigger impact together uh, for, for the, we can make a bigger impact together yeah. and, 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 and be able to reach more people if we just collabed on this. So basically teamwork again and try to win a championship off the field essentially was what was our mindset. And as we got this thing going, climate pledge had became, you know, obviously they had just renovated it and, and, and um, you know, got to communicate with those guys. They were so excited about it. It was like, man, this can actually be a, a pretty cool thing. And it's all going uh, most of the proceeds are going to different organizations that are in the community like for example my the the organization that i'm supporting is called the odessa brown clinic they've been a staple in the community forever and and it's all about shedding light on the smaller yeah. uh, organizations that are still making an impact in the community you know the seattle children's they do great stuff yeah. right but everybody knows about them you know but so for us it was just all right let's shed light on some of these smaller ones that are in the community as well that's making a huge impact as well and and bring awareness to what they're doing so people can get behind them as well so was that the goal because you've been and i think the seahawks crush it as far as staying active in the community and you were for so sure. good about that uh during your playing days too and is that just something that you like from the get-go even before you got into the league were just like really set on like you wanted to make an impact off the field like this as well I think no. I, I would say it became more of a thing. Like I always, I always wanted to give back. Yeah. I used to watch my mom give back all the time, right? Send it because both my parents are Haitian, and I used to watch my mom send money back to Haiti all the time, and she wasn't making much money, right? So I used to see the giving uh, piece of it, but it was it was more along the lines once I once I got a little bit older and I had my first son, um, you know, it was like okay. How, how do we find ways to give back? And initially it was juvenile diabetes, then it scaled off to doing more things. But I always knew that I was fortunate enough to play a game for a living. Uh, I made some decent money doing it. I also understand the other side of it, that there's, you know, the community that I come from, there's a lot of people that are struggling that don't know. I've been exposed, I've been fortunate to be exposed to so many different things. Yeah. So I felt like it was only right for me to give back to kids more so than anything, but give back to the community that gave so much to me. Um, that's incredible, man. And well, you're, I mean, and this game on Sunday is just a string of, oh, it's going to cut out in one minute. <laughs> I thought you were six in three fifteen. Oh, okay. Um, for real. All right. If it closes off, we'll call back Cliff. Do you, do you got like 10 more minutes or do you want to shut it down anyway? You got to bounce. Huh? Uh, actually I, I got to call it. All right. So, All right. Cool. Um, before it wraps up, you're the man champions of right? For all the ticket info, mm-hmm. uh, championschange.com, uh, actually, championschange.org. Go check it out. You can get tickets for the game. There's still a few more tickets left. All your favorite celebs, all your your, your hoopers. I mean, Gary Payton's going to be in the building. Like, Gary Payton loves dude. basketball from Seattle. That's enough to sell it by itself. Sue Bird's going to be in the building. Marshawn. I mean, everybody's coming out to support us. And I'm excited about it. Let's do a wrap-up episode uh, after the game to kind of break everything down. Let's you do want it. to? 
Let's do it. Let's You're make it happen. Thanks for letting me play. Thanks for doing this. Uh, and we'll push it extra out on socials. You're the man, Cliff. God bless you, dude. Thank you for supporting too, man. I appreciate you. Yeah, dude. We got a big push on that first pitch too, man. They announced it everywhere. I've done a bunch of radio things, but uh, and I'll be pushing it nonstop. But I'll see you uh, Saturday at the party. Yes, sir. Saturday. Okay. I'll see you there. Cliff, thanks again, bro. All right, my man. See you, brother. You have a good one. Thanks, thanks bud.